Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer on the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we inject weird and wonderful science directly into your genes. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this edition, I speak with Avinash Singh about his brain-computer interfaces. But first up, here's the news of brain prosthetics. Memory upgrade? Researchers from the Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center and the University of Southern California created a system that assists human brains to encode and recall short-term memories. Short-term memory is working memory of events like where you left your car, the fact that you left some tea steeping, or whether you've done the next addition or not in calculating a bill. It's the type of memory that people more often have problems with in Alzheimer's disease, and in brain injuries. The hippocampus is the memory recall control centre of the brain. The subjects were 15 people who were already participating in an unrelated diagnostic brain mapping procedure that used surgically implanted electrodes placed in various parts of the brain to pinpoint the origin of the patient's seizures. The researchers developed a signal processing model personalised for each subject based on test measurements. The researchers recorded the electrical patterns they read when people were successfully recalling images they had just seen in an online test. These signals were processed on a computer in the personalised non-linear multi-input multi-output model of the way brain cells in the subject's hippocampus transfer signals, so that they could send a new signal to the hippocampus that would activate these memory brainwaves. The researchers later played these computed activation signals back to the subject's hippocampus while people were trying to recall the memories again. The subjects were 35% better at recalling the images when the electrical pattern was sent to the electrodes in the hippocampus. Basically, the researchers tap into a patient's own memory content, reinforce it, and feed it back to the patient to consolidate the memory. The researchers see this as the first step leading to their goal of an implantable memory prosthetic. The research was funded by the Defence Advanced Research Projects Agency. The paper was published in the Journal of Neural Engineering and was titled Developing a Hippocampal Neural Prosthetic to Facilitate Human Memory Encoding and Recall. You're listening to Ian Wolfe on Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. Mind Control Avinash Singh is a neural engineer and research scholar at the Computational Intelligence and Brain Computer Interface Centre at the University of Technology, Sydney. I began by asking him 
What does a brain-computer interface let you do? So BCI, our brain-computer interface, is quite revolutionary technology, I would say, and it's going to be changed the whole thing. What is it about? You think about, like, you don't move any single muscle in your body, and you are able to control things around you. That is what BCI is meant to. It's like a magic. It's like something out of sci-fi movies. Actually, there's lots of sci-fi movies somehow related with BCA all the time. And that is what meant to be a BCI researcher as well. So what we do, basically, we design, develop, research, keep finding different sort of hardware techniques in terms of a soft and hardware uh, perspective to develop something which can read your brain, basically, or connect with your brain so that it allow you additional way of interaction which you never had before. So this would replace joysticks, maybe also keyboards and mouses? Yeah, it's basically you're controlling, you're sending all the data or information from your brain directly to any digital device. So basically you're bypassing anything in between, a hardware, a software or anything. So basically, for example, I say that you are able to open a software just thinking about it. For the computer you don't use keyboard you don't use mouse you just think about it and it's open in your pc or not just open it can even transfer the information you're looking for in that software for example a notepad transfer to your brain back so that is what meant to be a bci so it doesn't need anything like i say it have revolutionary technology it can provide you a lot of things which might be never able to possible like a magic for you and brain is a, one of the most important unit, a part. Actually, the, you are the brain. Human is nothing apart if, if I remove the brain from his body. So brain is the most important thing. If you have, if you can control it, basically you can control anything. You don't need a body. So think about it. I put your brain from your body to a robotic body. And you can still do the same work like you do at the regular you know, regular casual activities you do every day. So that is what it's all about. What sort of signals are you picking up from the brain to control computers and machines? So when I talk about brain, so basically we do two kind of processing or hardware interaction. One is invasive, another is non-invasive. When I say invasive, basically means we open your brain, surgically put something in your brain, basically a chip, which keep recording electrical activity happening in the brain. Another is a non-invasive. For that, we don't open your brain, but we just put something on your top of your head, like a hat or cap, and then just keep recording the signal. In these two ways, we are able to record some signal. And this signal is always in electrical activity, which might be in microwave measurement, means very, very tiny activity, which have all the time all around us. And this tiny activity keep producing in your brain, as you do some task, like you think you have some pop-up, some firing. Firing means some electrical activity generating some part of your brain. When you start thinking or planning, you have some electrical spark in some part of the brain. That's what we're measuring, basically. But measuring is not just enough. Once we measure, we do a lot of work. Like, this is signal. Basically, you are recording a data. Once you have data, you do a lot of work to... Um, parse that data to come up with something useful out of it. And when you talk about BCI, it, this all happen in within some millisecond to make it real time. Otherwise, you just feel weird. 
Are these EEG electroencephalogram signals or are you getting other signals? So at the moment, EEG seems to be one of the most portable and useful device. We also use that. But there are alternatives as well, like apneas, which is a basically a device of measuring photoelectrical, uh, not photoelectrical, but uh, photo effect in your brain. Basically, you'll be sending the light in your brain and it reflects waves like a radar technology sort of thing. Very different from radar, but the same uh, logic behind it. There's a one way, or you can use MRI sort of thing, which is like a slower device for BCI kind of thing, but that can be used. So at the moment, most focus is all about EEG. Like, if you talk about non-invasive. If you talk about invasive, there's another device, it's called ECOG, E-C-O-G. That's something we need to implant in your brain and do the same thing. But there's a benefit using EEG over ECOG. First, of course, you don't ask people to open your brain and put some sensor inside the brain. Nobody likes to do that, except one or two, I don't know. EEG is very simple, portable, safe, easy to use. Plus, you're basically covering whole brain, at least from the surface of the brain. But if you talk about implant, it could be implanted in one particular point only at, a, at, a, at the moment. Uh, you can implant whole brain, but nobody ever did that. And maybe not until like several years from now, until US Army want to do with some soldier. That's another story. So EEG, yeah, electroencephalogram is the, one of the most used device in terms of BCA at the moment. Especially if you talk about the BCI, which go to the real world people in public, in companies, then EEG is something to go. And so what sort of things are you working on here? Have you got applications directly? Are you, is everyone wearing a little cap of electrodes to control wheelchairs or something? So my lab and my colleague in CIBCI, which stands for Computational Intelligence and Brain Computer Interface Lab, basically working on Translational research, what it means is we have lots of research already in the lab which can be done very well, have good results, good publication, but just in the lab. We try to move that thing out of the lab to real world. And there's a gap, and that gap needs a research how to do that. There's some, some problem between different users, different people, environment, noise, lots of things are there. And we try to overcome that and try to put those research which is inside the lab, at least in our lab, for outside the lab. For example, uh, detecting information from the user unconsciously, I mean he don't know what's going on, and transfer that information to the system or surrounding environment so that those surrounding environment change, change in the way that it will feel him comfortable. Or another application is, for example, now is a uh, lots of research and work going on with the driverless car, autopilot car. But autopilot car is a robot, and human sometimes doesn't feel comfortable with this setup. Like if someone first time go into autopilot mode, he still freak out and want to control that steering. So how that machine and the person, I mean the sitting human, make them collaborate more? We are using BCI there. So this is sort of BCI, which we call passive BCI. Here you are not thinking to do something, but we're extracting information without you even know that. And we use that information already to control the things around you, which makes you more happy, more comfortable, more you know, satisfied. So that sort of research at the moment we are doing. Plus, 
We're also doing the research where we're using BCI actively by user to control like robots, robotic arm. For example, people with some sort of spinal injury, you know, there are actually 5 million people every year hurt with the spinal cord injury. And most of them, at least 90% of, of them, is never have any motor functionality ever after that. Then again, the BCI come in the scene, right? I mean, you can provide this technology and let them control the things. Like pick up a glass, for example, or at least move their wheelchair, or drive their car, such kind of thing, without having their hand and leg move properly. So those kind of technology, we are working in CIBCI lab here in UTS. And so where are you at? So you're taking things out of the clinical lab to into the messy real world, and you're also looking at background things of reading how comfortable people are and what their reactions to things are. And so where are you at with this? Is this for a, a general interface that you're developing, or have you got individual applications that you're working on at the moment? So they are both. There are applications which can apply to more general, to every application we can develop. Or there are also applications which are very specific to one sort of, one kind of application, like for example, driving, just for driving. Or people for, who are applying flying planes, we're also working on with that, so that we can make them have more attentive. You know, sometimes they have laps, or I mean, we're talking about fighter plane people. Mm -hmm. So they need a very high reaction time, but they still distract and things happen around them. Or some kind of technology to help them augment their ability, you know. So BCI is not just to controlling things. That's the one part for sure. It can help you to basically augment your whole brain. When I say augment, basically we can help you to improve your whole cognition. We can help you to improve your memory. We can help you to improve your uh, performance in particular tasks. We are also working on that because some of work of, from this lab also have connection with the U.S. Army, actually. So we also work with them a lot. I think these are the people who are the first user of this technology all the time, always in history as well. <laughs> and then later it come to the, you know, in industry and then it come to the uh, general public. So we also do that same. So that's the uh, one thing. Second thing, some specific application if I talk about. So these applications are like, let people control a robotic arm just by brain. Here, this is very specific to just one kind of people, which are patient or someone who don't have motor functionality at all, these people. Or some application is uh, like uh, let people uh, know their fatigue and their performance level overall. Keep updating this information so that you know what's going on with your performance. Like, like you are in office in a company and your boss know that your performance is not 100% at all, you are like in below 25%. He maybe let you go to have a coffee or a breakfast or something, and when you come back, your performance improve again 75%, he will feel happier, that kind of thing. Plus, we're also helping and developing something where operator, security operator, which keep following the cameras all the time to see any uh, activity which is not safe for the people in that campus or that company we try to so when you keep seeing something all the time you probably ignore some of the problem happening we also using BCI there because brain is always actually keep getting information 
you are aware or not aware but we i mean we um, when i say we means brain always aware about that thing we try to fill that gap and try to detect this thing not from his eyes but from his brain maybe his eyes see that but ignore but his brain still have that information we read that and we can still can give him alert that something really happening apart from what camera and security system is doing so these are some specific application plus like i mentioned passive bci where user is doing nothing but still we helping in all in general to any kind of people or user which interacting with the environment how are you able to augment people's memories so recently we have one research where we let people play some sort of game which is controlled by bci and our findings suggest that they have some sort of brain change just i'm talking about just eeg research okay they have some sort of brain uh, brain changes in particular region of the brain which have long ability to not just augment memory but augment the whole cognition this is like uh, you become better in particular task it's a everyday task not just that particular game you are playing just by playing that game so that's interesting so we find that that basically using this way we can augment his cognition and his memory and when i say augment basically means we can augment like 30 to 35% his memory just by let them do one task which involve the bci and that bci task involves some of psychological component which carefully designed in the way that he just enjoying the game without knowing that what we call game with a purpose that kind of game and experimental purpose for sure with every day he play that and just doing that it help him to improve his memory not just memory but overall whole cognition so yeah so that sounds like it's a biofeedback technique you've got something measuring signals from your brain that controls the game and you play the game and the game changes in response to what you're doing and your brain changes in response to what you're doing is that right i would say no yeah there there's a one biofeedback system well actually not biofeedback when you talk about brain it's called neurofeedback system yeah there's a one a lots of technique of neurofeedback but here we are not doing neurofeedback at all we just them let them play a game which is a fixed game but yeah it's controlled by bci that's a special thing neurofeedback doesn't do that neurofeedback but you just try to control things it have no relation directly with the system and system will showing you that stuff the same for example system showing you brain signal and you keep seeing your brain signal and try to control different different way and ultimately you come up with a way that you can change your brain signal somehow and when you do that you kind of train yourself that's called neurofeedback but in this case we are using intentional bci system where they use the brain for go moving left and right where you f- they focus in particular region in the brain and that region change or move as a part of the game where they p- focus or do attention task where you do something called ssvp task basically where we do flickering in the game where they do mi task motor imagery mi where they think about left and right hand movement they do something called rsvp task which is again something like a flickering of a particular color in the game that kind of thing and we detect that information from some algorithm in back side of the game 
and use that information in the game to move that stuff around it in the game. So this is different than neurofeedback. And neurofeedback have definitely a positive effect, always. But this one is just a month. They have effect which lasting for more longer of time. And they also have effect in something called resting brain. What it means, a brain when you are doing nothing, a task-free brain. This game not just changing the stuff in the brain or reason in the brain when they are playing the game, but also when they are not playing the game. And when it happens, that is usually a permanent effect. That means it changed permanently. You, it's already change happened there. We are still studying that how long it's going to be. I mean, it's like some months, some days, or it's like for years, it's still there. So that is something still part of a study we are doing. But that's still quite exciting that it simple task able to change that much thing, which is BCI. So that's improving your memory and cognition by a third at least, where do I sign up? <laughs> so this is something in research at the moment. Yeah, but we plan to make it more popular and known for people, like doing publishing. And hopefully when, you, when we do such thing and more people will pop up with such kind of option and games around us, and definitely it helps people like you. <laughs> and you can sign up for sure for such thing. But apart from that, I would like to say that... Um, the thing, the most important thing is the BCI here, again. Brain is one of the amazing thing in this world, really amazing. This is the mystery, same as the solar system or galaxy. These two are mystery is still unsolved. And every time you find something, it's just amazing, right? Same happened with the brain. And when I say BCI, basically BCI means your brain having an additional ability to control the things. And brain is quite um, what we call it um, neuroplastic. So it keep adapting, changing things. Even it's a hard, I heard one case that one person doesn't have one part of the brain, which is very necessary for whole functioning. But this happened when he was young. He was born with that way. And brain adapt that part, cover up that part with other part of the brain. So is that plastic, is that neuroplasticity is there. And when we talk about BCI, it does the same. When the brain knows that he, it doesn't need his hand or nose or his leg, it kind of become more efficient because he don't need to send energy, I mean, you know, send the signal to your arm or your leg, which need, require a lot of power for brain to work out. It is like a 10 watt power, it, enough for a bulb to light up. It can does that job without doing that. Probably that's the reason why it have more power or more uh, information or more connection for some particular part of the brain. Like I say, augment the cognition, it help it. So BCI can does that. We're still looking for long-term effect from us or maybe from someone else who is trying to do that. But BCI is quite promising. BCI technology really changing the world. And from last couple of years, it got accelerated more. The reason is that some big company get in. For example, Facebook. They're investing a lot of money to building a BCI. It just announced last year. Um, uh, the company Tesla, uh, Elon Musk, also spent a lot of money to develop some BCI. There's a one more person also from Silicon Valley. Actually, a bunch of companies from Silicon Valley is pop up at the moment, focusing on BCI. The reason is somehow that they are able to do a lot of things with the BCI. Maybe not now, 
I mean, you still need to wait like five to 10 years to get more robust, perfect BCI. But this is the thing's way to go. I mean, it's not just solving or let you control the things around you, but it also gives you ability more than that. Like always I advocate about mind uploading kind of thing. Basically, you can connect your brain and computer or digital world, and basically you can do almost anything is possible. I mean, this is a huge possibility. This is the direction of possibility. So BCI equivalent to possibility at the moment, or maybe more than that, I don't know. We'll see. Avinash Singh, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, Yan. Thank you for inviting me for this talk. Thank you. That was Avinash Singh from the Computational Intelligence and Brain Computer Interface Centre at the University of Technology, Sydney. And that's all from us this week on Diffusion. Would you like to hear your own voice on radio? Record a voice memo on your phone or use the voicemail tab on the website. We need more people contributing stories to Diffusion. Send your contributions, opinions, helpful suggestions and donations to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. And please do send me an email so I know you're listening and you'd like to hear more episodes. Please like the Diffusion Science Radio page on Facebook and rate the show on iTunes. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ian Wolf. Join my patrons at patreon.com slash diffusionradio and support the show. The news music was Rhinos Theme by Kevin MacLeod of Incomatech.com. Sound and fact-checking by Charles Woolock. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia to 27 stations on the community radio network, including 2RBM in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales, 8CCC in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek, 2NVR in Nambucca Valley, 3MBR in the Mallee Border Districts of Victoria and South Australia, and 7LTN City Park Radio in Launceston, Tasmania. Diffusion is syndicated globally on the National Science Foundation's Science360 internet radio station and also on astronomy.fm. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com and check the website for links, photos and videos about this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, you can explore more than 950 previous episodes archived on diffusionradio.com where the shows are labelled by keywords so that you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. Subscribe to the Diffusion YouTube channel at youtube.com slash c slash Diffusion Radio. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio. Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. You discover the marvelous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the Earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick. Everything from a molecule to a living organism. In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man. Knowledge of his physical world, its past, its present, and its future. And in your moments of relaxation, now and in the years to come, you will find the study of science leading you into fascinating pursuits. Photography. Collecting. Why study science? Study science because you will find in the study of science a richer, more rewarding life.